Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. I'm Lori Jovest and I am here today to talk to you about play at work and how having a playful attitude at the office can pay off. So before I get started, I want to talk a little bit about why I do this. I talked about it probably 10 episodes ago. But basically, the reason I do this podcast is so that I can help young professionals learn to play the emotional contact sport of business and experience less drama and more success. If that calls to you. If you need that kind of an education, sign up for the RSS feed for this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We are here for you. I've got a team behind me. We have blogs at workmomsays.com. You can also go back and look through all the old episodes there or again on your favorite podcast platform. And I also love to hear from my listeners. So please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm an open networker, Lori Joe Vest. And I have a small digital agency called Pop Speed Digital Marketing. So if that's what you're seeing when you pull up my name, that's the right person. So connect to me there and let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what we can do. What can we talk about that would serve you and help you learn how to play the emotional contact sport of business? I'd love to hear from you. So moving on, my personal experience related to play and being playful at work is extensive. There's a lot to be said for being playful, for being um, for fun and having a sense of humor and bringing lightness into the space. It's really interesting. Um, I wouldn't have known this had I not done a little bit of research before this episode, but fun is relaxation, it's stress reduction, it's creativity and ideation, it's trust building, it encourages vulnerability. It strengthens teams and it enhances collaboration. All of those things are facilitated by play and playful attitudes. Um, I've worked in uh, an ad agency environment. I've worked in a production environment, television production, creative businesses. And creative industries have always known that they're going to get the best from their creative teams if they approach the work in a playful way. So, for example, I worked at a place called Organic, and they had a shuffleboard table. And every, you know, three months or so, somebody would do a league, and they would partner you up randomly with people you didn't work with in other departments. So you may be with somebody in accounting and somebody in creative and somebody in IT. And you would be a team, and so every, you know, every day or so, you'd be gathering together to play another team. And, you know, the winners won some silly prize, but it was so fun because it was, you know, 15 or 20 minutes out of your day, but you got to meet your team of three people plus the other three people and you, you know, win or lose. It was fun either way. And it it really did encourage camaraderie and collaboration and a, a team connection, even with people that didn't work directly with you. So I highly recommend those playful attitudes. They're, they're really important. So today I have two awesome guests, uh, both people that I know personally. Angela Ficarelli and I used to work together at an ad agency three, four, five years ago. I don't even know how long it's been. 
And she's an uh, designer. That's her skill set is this incredible designer and brand strategist. So I'm going to let her introduce herself in just a second, but we're going to start with Molly Wagner. Molly's representing the young professionals here today. Say hi, Molly. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. Um, I work with Lori at PopSpeed Digital Marketing um, as a writer and a producer for this podcast. Yeah, and I got it. I'm going to share what makes Molly special. And Angela, you can chime in here too in a sec, but she, um, one of the things that I thought was just a riot is I was looking for someone who was a writer and social media person to join our, our agency. And Molly sent in a writing sample that was such a bold choice <laughs> to send in to a potential new employer. But I think by sending what she sent and Molly, what was it? Um, it was a piece that I wrote for one of my classes in college about Kamala Harris's election and girl boss feminism. Girl boss feminism, which is basically anti-girl boss, right? Blah. And <laughs> it was just such a bold choice. And honestly, I encourage people to make those kinds of bold choices because places that would be repelled by that, those might not be your people. You know, some places are very conservative and they would judge you for that. I don't want to work anywhere that judges me for having social justice priorities. I think those things are important. So it, it was really interesting choice. I loved it. We hired her. She's with us. Um, and then Angela, let's circle back and talk to Angela. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing these days. Hi. So yeah, my name is Angela Ficarelli. I, like Lori said, I'm a brand strategist and designer. I own Subtle Design Company, um, which is um, my where you know I do branding with companies. And uh, I w I did want to say thank you, Lori, for inviting me to talk about play today because it's one of my favorite themes to talk oh, about. Yeah. Um, I've been more formally studying it over the past year. Um, and really incorporating it into my own process and the way that I am like borrowing some concepts and ideas of play and using that in a way to like connect with clients better and just um, instead of just uh, branding for them, really working with them. Um, so yeah. Now, enlighten us just for a sec for those who aren't familiar. What is a brand strategist? What does that mean? So I've always been a more... Uh, strategic designer, which is just to say that, uh, you know, strategy when it comes to a brand is looking at the brand and saying, okay, this is where you're at right now. Where do you want to be? And then developing a plan to get there. So where, you know, design can be a logo and, you know, website and that kind of stuff, the look and feel. Um, when you incorporate strategy into it, it's like giving logic behind all of the design decisions you make. So now it's not about making something look cool, but it's about, you know, how do we talk to our audience in order to get to where we want to be, you know? Right. So and it's how, like, yeah, it's like, how do you represent a company from a visual standpoint so that yeah. they're, they're thoughtfully conveying the message they want to convey? Yeah. Right? And it also helps businesses really understand who they're talking to and connect, like build a really deep connection with their audience um, by, by at the same time, like really being true to who they are. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I've always kind of designed that way. That's why like 
sometimes I'm sure um, in agencies, sometimes we would be doing something for a client. I'm like, why are we doing this for them? I would always be the one being like, why are we doing this for this brand? It doesn't make sense. Like, well, just do it. It's like, but why? That's <laughs> like, a really important do it. question like, to but ask. But they're wasting money. <laughs> it's <laughs> a know? really important question to ask at work. It really is. Yeah, Critical yeah. question. Mm-hmm. So I, where can they find your work? Just real quick. Your website is? Yeah, so I have, my website is subtledesign.co.co. Got it. So it's S-U-B-T-L-T. Yep. Yeah. And so because I I, what I've always noticed about you, Angela, is your work is playful. A lot of the design work you do is very playful. And one of the things that uh, one of the reasons Angela is here today is because I saw her do a presentation for the College for Creative Studies on play in your work. And it, it kind of forced me to look a little bit into why I personally think play is so important. And I found research that says that play is linked to all those things I talked about in my open, but less fatigue, less boredom, less burnout, less stress, and that it also results in a 20% increase in productivity. What do you think about that, Molly? That's honestly insane. I had never thought about play being such a huge factor in work before, honestly. Now you, um, this is your first professional job out of college, right? So you have an experience like a normal workplace because you work for me. (laughs) That is true, but I am loving it. Because we, I build play into it and I tell people all the time, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it because life is so damn short. And then to find out by looking into it, that 20% increase in productivity, that's insane. And so I think um, what I find really interesting, too, in looking through this was that the flexibility in the workplace that we have now, people are starting to open up a little bit. The pandemic, I think, are you guys seeing this? Are you seeing this, Angela, where people seem to be opening up and being more playful, more authentic? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's employees want more freedom. They want to be able to, you know, I know I called Molly one day and she was working with a friend at a coffee shop because that's fun. That's more fun than going into an office and sitting at a desk. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I I like to tell people, one of the most important things you can do is make it, make it playful at work, but also give your team the freedom to do that, especially right now. I mean, how awesome would it be to get in your car, you know, or get on a train and go across the country and just work your regular work week, but be in a different city every night. You know, so I came across an article from a, um, an entrepreneur who had set up his agency. I forget what he did, but it was kind of a marketing kind of business so that he could follow his favorite hockey team around the U.S. and visit whatever city they were playing oh, in. That's awesome. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. Really smart. And I mean, what kind of a benefit would that be to you as a young person, Molly? That would honestly be amazing. I have really found that my friends and I, because I'm in my really early 20s, like all of us would prefer remote work and the flexibility of remote work um, in our first few jobs out of college, as opposed to like going into an office every day and like that kind of rigid scheduling. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dig into play a little bit. What is play? How do you find define play, Angela? Mm, okay. Uh, I would define, well, I think there's 
this is what I talk about in my lecture there. I think there's many different ways to play, but when it comes to the working world, I think we play in two, two ways that I know of. There's probably more. But one that is kind of default is like the play to win, which I think can ha sometimes have negative effects of like um, of how we behave and act and feel throughout the the pro project. And then there's it's also competitive, like, right? Yes, competitive. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And Ugh. it's like a eat or be eaten type of mentality, you know. And and you're like grabbing power and taking it away. And then the other one is like um, like a like what I like to think about of play is like, I call it play to grow, but it's like a, a just like a real, um, like there's no winner or loser. You're just playing like you're, it's, um, it's like an infinite game and there's no right or wrong. Um, there's no room for judgment on what people are doing really is just like really, you know, it's like a kid, playing with a pile of Legos and just building whatever comes to mind, you know, it's kind of reacting to what's in front of you and just kind of, um, yeah, it like removes judgment. So I think, I think that's why it's like got this increase in productivity because it just removes the fear of failure. It removes the fear of being wrong. You're just trying out ideas and, um, yeah, that's a really long, <laughs> definition it's okay. but, but no, yeah it makes sense it makes mm -hmm. sense and I you use the analogy when we talked in planning this episode you use the analogy of when you go to a playground and you look around you you get there and you go oh there's the swings and there's the monkey bars and there's the teeter-totter but I'm aging myself because they don't have those anymore um there's the whatever you know baseball diamond you don't you don't make a list and say okay first I'm going to spend 10 minutes right. this, and then two minutes that and five minutes on this you just go and you play and you enjoy yeah it's like very freeing and in the moment I think it's something that allows you to be in the present moment which I think is why our brains like it so much. Yeah, oh, they do. Um, it, it helps us get into our bodies and it helps us, you know, just uh, like really deal with like what's in front of us right now, you know, right, right. Um, instead of trying to think of the answer or what things are supposed to be or worry about how we should be acting or what we should be saying. I think free kind of loose or like play just loosens all of that up, you know. Oh, absolutely. So I looked up some of the words that they use to describe fun and they say, or what, well, defining play, that's what it was, play. And they describe it as fun, frivolous, and imaginative, resulting in mood boosting and improved team cohesion and trust. Why would you not want to play at work? I mean, really, <laughs> why would you I not? Know. So... Molly, what do you think? Have you experienced play in a work environment? I mean, I experience it at pop speed pretty much every day. Because we laugh um, at we laugh at tough times. Oh yeah. <laughs> when things get insane, I think that's part of of sanity building, if I can say that too, is when things are going to hell in a handbasket and you have no idea what to do next. Sometimes taking a minute to just laugh at how outrageous it is before mm -hmm. you buckle down and solve the problem takes so much stress because with what we do now, I can't say this for everybody, but with what we do, we nobody dies if we have a typo in something. We try 
everything we can not to have errors in the work, but nobody dies. And if a client's stressed out, we do our best to take care of them. If they're acting crazy, Mm -hmm. nobody dies. You know, it's not, it's not as serious or as deep as some people would want it to be. So taking a playful attitude, even towards stressful situations can be really helpful. Um, Another example, when I I worked at an agency called um, Organic, I mentioned that earlier, and we used to have these weekly creative team meetings that were an absolute riot. And we would take turns, you know, different team members would lead it. But the one that stands out the most is this guy, Mark Beyer, and he might be listening, I don't know. But ad guy from Detroit, been around forever. And he did two things when it was his, his turn to lead these meetings. One is he taught us how to make balloon animals. And that was really oh, yes. awesome. Oh, it was the best creative. And it was just a half hour thing. It wasn't a big deal. It was just a half hour out of the week. And then he also, we did a little fishing, you know, those little fishing games where the fish spin around and you put your little magnet um, oh, yeah. fishing yeah, pole and try to get the fish, fish out. Yeah. We played that. And it was just giggling and laughing and, and it just relaxed everybody. We always did them on Monday mornings. So anytime I think you can do something like that, it's, it's amazing. But how could you bring play into a collaboration or ideation or problem solving without, I mean, because I know we're talking about not putting boundaries or guidelines on things. Mm-hmm. What if you're collaborating and you do have to come out of that session with ideas? What would that look like? So I, I have to take this opportunity to talk about um, this woman, Mary Parker Follett, who was like the Brene Brown or like the Simon Sinek of the 1920s. Oh, wow. And um, she was just this like, like the OG of thought leadership in when it comes to like leadership and business. And, um, and she talks about meetings a lot and how there's like four outcomes to a meeting. Because that's really where, like, you get the team together and you're trying to come up with ideas or whatever. And she said um, she identified four different outcomes. So one is, like, the loudest person wins, you know. Like, that person just wins and you kind of lose. Like, their idea everyone goes with. Or, um, or like, your idea gets picked or selected, you know, and everyone goes with your idea. Or there's like some kind of compromise, like we're mixing ideas and, and that kind of becomes um, what happens. And then the last one, which is like the best, is like co-creation, like real co-creation. So the problem with the f- like the first three is like when you walk out of that meeting, someone on the team is not as invested, you know, because they're right. not connected to the idea. They didn't have anything to do with the part. Even if you're compromising you're still like losing part of your idea to do something else, you know, but with, um, with co-creation, it's like every, you, you figured it out in the meeting. So she gives like these three rules for every meeting, which is, they're so good. I like think about them all the time. So. Okay. This is a teachable moment. That's what I like to call a teachable moment. A teachable moment here, people. Time for another teachable moment. One is expect to be needed, expect to be, expect to need others and expect to be changed. So like if you can go into every meeting 
thinking that that's setting it up for co-creation and you kind of go into meetings empty like without it you know and then you just lay everything out and then you know we all need to have an opinion and give ideas and we like figure it out together Um, how interesting i i'm trying to think of what that would look like in some of the meetings i've sat in (laughs) Where everybody <laughs> comes know, in right? with an agenda, right? Yes, like, I yes. want my idea. I know. <laughs> We're going to do it I this think, way. I think too, there's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with preparing for a meeting. I think, I think we're kind of naturally inclined to do that, especially, and maybe Molly, you can talk about this too. Like I, I know I felt pressure as like someone just starting in my career to like have really good ideas in a meeting. And I would kind of prep and just like research before I went in so I could like offer some ideas and um, because I just didn't want to not say anything or I don't know, like, um, but I don't know. Do you find that to be true? Definitely. I definitely kind of went from being in college where like you have to have prep so hard for class and be so prepared to share your ideas and all of that into going into the workforce and it's kind of like relearning and kind of deconstructing that idea and just going forward and just being present instead of like this is exactly what I want to say and here's how I'm going to say it and not really have any sort of like I don't know hard and fast opinions yeah. 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 And I think that's yeah. totally natural. Yeah. Like I used to do that too. Like I just, I never wanted to walk in feeling unprepared or, yeah. or like I didn't know anything. And, and I think that's just like very natural for everyone, you know, um, it's kind of like the, the default. Um, but, but I yeah, think but, it's, it's yeah. funny how you might walk in feeling like you have to be uber prepared when in reality, if you, the people who walk in, maybe not prepared at all, could add a whole different type of value because they're open and they don't have the preconceived ideas. So isn't it interesting yeah. how there's, there's pluses and minuses to whatever you decide to do is kind of what I decided in life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. I was thinking too, another way that um, these ideas that we could pull from play and, and incorporate them into the working world are, are like just with creative briefs in general. Um, there's a, toy designer, um, Cal, hang on, I wrote it down. Oh, Cass Holman. And they talk about two scenarios where like, if I, you know, if I put a bunch of parts, like a pile of parts in front of a group of kids and say, you know, design a new car with these parts and pieces, um, versus, so that's like scenario one. And then scenario two is like, you give them the same parts and pieces, but instead you say, design a way to get to school. And so it's like, I think like the second one is so much more playful because you're not, you know, like if I'm trying to design a car, like I know what a car looks like. I know what, there's a right and wrong. So I think building creative briefs to where there is no right and wrong, where you're, it's less like we need this deliverable with this amount of you know, things, it's like offering up a problem to solve or something, you know. Right. Um, and um, backing up just a little bit, a creative brief for those of you who aren't familiar with oh, the yeah. ad industry, but it applies in all businesses, I'm pretty sure, is when you have a project for somebody and 
You can't just walk up and say, okay, do this ad or write this ad or design this logo. You've got to put all the information, just like you would if you had any other kind of project. You've got to give people a brief of what you're asking for so they know what to do. And mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, prescriptive is fine. I mean, I remember getting briefs um, at Organic where I would have, uh, you are allowed to use 13 words. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. 13 yeah. Words, I know. I characters. Mean, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have those restrictions, and right. I, I understand why they need to be in there, but yeah. Whenever you cannot have them in there, I think you get better ideas. I mean, ideas are commerce these days, and they save money, they make money. I mean, if you allow people to play, not only will they be more productive, but personally, I think the ideas are a lot better because people are open, they're more vulnerable, they're more likely to share um, Molly, let me ask you this as somebody recent, recent grad, is it difficult for you to share, to, to share your thoughts in meetings and things to know when it's a good idea to talk? Um, I'd say I'm definitely getting a lot better at it. When I first joined the team, it was a little bit nerve wracking to do that just cause like, I'm kind of like the new blood and I didn't know kind of how to do that, but she's a little bit of an introvert, tiny bit. I am also an introvert, (laughs) but it's gotten significantly easier now that I am more connected with the team and everything. And I just feel a lot more comfortable sharing my ideas and like being collaborative in meetings. It's gotten better. Yeah. Cause that's what, I mean, as a young person, as a young professional coming into the workplace who I hope we have a lot of those kinds of listeners, one of the things that people think is that you, oh, I have to be perfect and prove what I know. But having when you hire recent graduates, you don't expect them to know anything beyond basic yeah. skills because every office environment is so different. Every team is different. Every job is different. And so when you when you start, if you are able to let your guard down, be a little more vulnerable and and be authentic, and playful, depending on what industry you're in, I, I think it'll be easier to settle in um, because I, it's hard. It, and any new environment as a new employee, anywhere you go, it's always hard being the new kid. So, mm-hmm. um, but how is play relevant to today's return to office environment? We're hearing a mm-hmm. lot about that. What do you guys think about that? Everybody's all, it seems like all the bosses want everybody back in the office. All the employees want to stay home. I wonder how we could use play to entice people back. Right. Time for another what the f- moment. Yeah, I think um yeah, that's a tough one. I think honestly I part of me part of me thinks you have to already be playful with your team in order to encourage them to come back if you're that's a really good yeah Lori that's a really good point because yeah it's like you can't just uh be like all of a sudden hey we're gonna play a game that's where like uh I've worked at places where it just like was not a playful environment and then we're like oh we're gonna play a game and I'm just like I don't want to do this (laughs) eye roll eye roll but you can't roll your eyes but I think that um you know, where that's where those rules like expect to be needed, expect to need others, expect to be changed, kind of like uh, really come in handy because it just brings in a mindset of like uh, we really value everyone and we we respect everyone's opinion. And actually what makes you 
like you have a unique point of view and we value that and we need that on the team so that we can create, you know, uh, better stuff yeah Yeah. do better work yeah yeah i i Um, I know that when um when i worked at the agency where we would do the regular shuffleboard thing there were you know three or four other company-wide things that people did that that really had you feeling more like um a collaborative group and had you meeting each other and meeting people from that that worked you know, way over on the other side that you only saw once a week in the, you know, in the kitchen. And I would encourage every employer to really look at where they can incorporate playfulness and fun into their office environment, because it's such a huge part of your life. Um, And it's, it's definitely something I think the younger people are looking for. I mean, um, Molly, do you want to work at a very quiet, staid, boring environment or absolutely not <laughs> and i mean what do your friends say about how and like this is an interesting an interesting conversation i don't think i've asked this yet as far as your peer group what percentage of them would you say are willing to go back into an office i'd say i'd say less than half most yeah. of my friends either work completely remotely or in a hybrid kind of situation right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure most of them would prefer to stay that way or be totally online. Yeah, I think it's the way of the future. And I think it's one of the one of the upheaval of the pandemic, as horrible as it was. I think it really opened the door for a lot more freedom for the employee and uh, one of the things I've noticed, I don't know if you guys are, I, I'm not looking for a job, but I do go out there and see what's out there. And I do get shown jobs on my LinkedIn feed. And the ones that say 100% remote have tons and tons of applicants. The ones that say 100% in the office have two or three. And they're good jobs. I mean, these are really good senior level jobs, but people want the flexibility. So I would really encourage employers to to look at that, look at that flexibility, look at what your employees want and make it fun to come to work. I mean, come on, make yeah. it fun. <laughs> play, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a big part of your life. So anything else about play you want to add, Angela, before we close up? Um, No, I don't think so. Just do it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Just do I it. think yeah, I think it can be hard for for leaders because you have to kind of give away power a little bit, you know, and like um but you just have to trust that it will it will work. Like it just yeah. it helps fight burnout, I'm sure, and um there's so all many that stuff, you know. So many things it does. So do you have any crazy work stories you want to share, Angela? It's time for another Let's Hear Your Crazy Story. The story you are about to see is true. It's a crazy world. Oh, you know, I saw that. You know what just came to mind after you were talking about just like a really quiet, sterile workplace? Um... I, I don't know how like exciting this will be, but I just remember it's, I'll never forget. It was just so funny. It was in the place that we worked together, Lori, <laughs> um, our old agency and, and like, and there, um, it was just so quiet. Like when everyone was working, um, it was so quiet 
a lot of the designers would have like headphones on. And so we would just be like totally focused on what we we're doing. But then everyone else, it was just like so, so quiet. And I remember a friend of mine started working there. And um, I don't know if he was there when you were there, Lori, but um, but he is like a very playful kind of personality. And um, and he was we were like in the like standing up in the middle of the office talking to each other and he had like a tennis ball that he was bouncing or whatever and it you know just like one of those things that like helps you think already playful you know and then it was so quiet and then so we just like stopped and we looked around and we're like it's so quiet like is everyone (laughs) listening to us and then he took the ball and just threw it as hard as he could against someone's uh, like window like all the offices were just glass walls and so he threw it as hard as he could there and then it bounced back to him and then he just caught it (laughs) like oh my gosh it's so funny because the office he hit was like the um I forget what his title is, like the COO or whatever. Like, um, but yeah, it was just like oh my so god. funny. Like one of the executives, <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" But it was like, oh, a little bit of playfulness in the office really well, shook me. Trouble, <laughs> don't get in trouble, Angela. It's a more rebellious side of play, I guess, that people are afraid <sighs> of. But well, um, I worked in a creative department, and I'm telling you, it was a blast, and. There's nothing wrong with play as long as everybody gets their work done. And there's a Mm -hmm. way to balance it. And 20% more productivity, I think any of us can go for that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So let me, um, Angela, let's, we're going to wrap up, but tell us where people can find you, your website one more time, subtledesign.co. Yep. Yeah. Subtledesign.co. And you can find links to my LinkedIn and Instagram and all that on there. Yeah, we're all open networkers. I think Molly, you're an open networker, correct? So yeah, I think so. Look for us on LinkedIn. And uh, thank you so much for joining us for this yeah, episode of so Work much. Mom this Says. Is, it's so awesome. Great. Thanks, guys. And uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says. Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email WorkMom at L-O-R-I WorkMomSays.com. That's Lori at WorkMomSays.com. And remember, <sighs> don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot.